Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. But let's talk for a second about greenhouses versus boundaries for a minute, and then we'll, we'll come back to the details. All right. In previous conversations, I hope that I've been able to convince you that as we discuss things like self-care, we need to find new words or new perspectives that describe it as caring for a very important entity or organism that wants to give to the world. I hope it's not insulting, ladies, that I compare you to plants. You are, you have a desire to give, whether you are a rose bush, whether you are a oak tree, whether you are a zucchini plant, a stalk of corn, whatever your thing is, you don't want to just exist. You want to produce amazing things that you give to the world. You want to thrive, not just to be a big plant. Self-care isn't about self. Self-care is about empowering you to give your best. When I'm working one-on-one with a woman, I'll say, we'll know that your self-care system is working well when you are producing the most beautiful fruit that you've ever been able to produce. And it's like, what do you mean by fruit? Like, I'm a guy. So when you say stuff like that, like, what what did they, I get, they go challenging with me. I'm all, you define what your great gifts are to people. You define that. What do you want your thing to give? Do you want to give intellectual, complex computer programming skills that are really confusing to everybody else, but you're just dang good with computers? Is that your gift? Are you a painter? Are you a smiler? Are you a note writer? Are you a novel writer? Karen Broadhead, our Mothers Who Know um, uh, leader, she says, it took me forever to figure out what I am, what I'm good at because I'm not good at so many things. She came up with a term called atmosphere angel. And she says, all I really do is walk into a room and just be sunny. I take her to almost every leadership meeting I do because I'm not that sunny. I'm kind of scientific. I'm kind of nerdy. I'm kind of a goofball. Okay, I try to sound professional and skilled, but all she does is walk around saying hi to people, shaking hands and radiating. That's all. That's what she does. If someone asks her a technical question, she goes, Maurice is over there. He can answer that. If they ask her a scientific question, she goes, oh, you'll want to meet Maurice for that. He'll help you with that. And she just bonds with people. Do not underestimate your contribution if all you do is be like the sun and stand there being warm. That's a pretty big deal. The reason we talk about the greenhouse, the reason we talk about the greenhouse 
is you're the only one who can really get familiar with the type of environment that you thrive in the best. Let's talk about what we were supposed to experience between ages 15 and 20. Let's pretend we all had perfect parents and they were all really good at the individuation process and they stopped trying to control you somewhere around 15, 16, and you weren't even the type of person who needed to be controlled. And let's pretend you had plenty of latitude to discover your ideal environment. And you tried 30 or 40 different environments. And some of you found out that sitting on the top of a mountain after a vigorous hike where you're sweating all over yourself and you love the sensation of looking at the sun setting while your sweat dries on your skin and you have no makeup on and your hair is a complete mess and you love it. And you're like, this is like being with God. Like, I just love being right here. This is my favorite thing. Don't invite me to that party because that does not sound fun at all to me. Okay. But I've met women like that. And they're like, there's something about wiping your nose with your sleeve in that moment that really is invigorating. Okay. I'm just going to go with that. All right. Others just give me a stack of books in a corner. I just want to sit there and read and read and read and read. That's my thing. That's what I love to do. Then there's women like my mom. Just give me a room full of noisy children. I love that. I met a woman who was looking forward to her 13th child. And she's all, I'm just so sad that I'm 45 and I might have to stop having children someday. And I'm just going, okay, just put them all in a gunny sack, tie a brick to them, throw them off a bridge. And that's how you parent. That's chaos. That's craziness. Why would anyone do that? And so what's your heaven? What's your environment? I've seen women who really enjoy like trash talk banter, even with their spouses. Okay. They're like, well, at least I'm not ugly like your mom. Well, at least I'm not like this. And they just laugh and they think it's funny and they like it. And have I seen other women where you say the smallest thing and they start bursting in tears and they're like, you hurt my feelings. They're like, I just said, hello, geez. Do you have a sensitive environment that has to be carefully monitored? Are you a knuckle dragger? Do you like noise? Do you like quiet? All right. This is why the analogy of a plant and a greenhouse is so important. Before you can send messages, before you can stand on the porch and turn your head or get a nice sloppy smooch, because that's the kind you are. Like, dang, man, if he's offering, I'm going for the gusto. We're going to get some, and it's going to be yummy, because I like that stuff. Which one's correct? The girl who turns her head, or the girl who likes to play tonsil hockey? Which one's right? Which one likes it more? Some women love to snuggle and cuddle and be warm and tender. Some prefer to not touch so much and others like to throw their clothes off really fast. And they just like to play like that. You got to know yourself, ladies, so that when you react to things, your messages match the integrity of your character. So that as you work to build an environment for yourself, you are in harmony with yourself. I hear the weirdest things women say sometimes, well, should I be like that? Is it okay if I'm like that? Is that weird? Am I broken? Like there's some script that's supposed to uh, follow for what you're supposed to be like. You need to know 
And this is one of the reasons why I really want you to spend plenty of time in season four. Season four is an opportunity for you to redo your identity discovery process, your identity formation phase. Here's a weird one about me. I thought I really liked the chaos of a big family. I have eight brothers. I'm in the middle. Chaos all the time. I kind of enjoyed it. I could, I could have a great time with it. I still enjoy occasional family parties when you add the wives, the grandchildren, great-grandchildren are starting to show up nowadays. But ever since I've reached the last, what, 15 so years, I like quiet. I like quiet. I have never had a party at my house that I've lived in for 17 years. Half of my brothers have never even been to my house, ever. When I have a birthday party, I only invite two people, my mom and dad. I really like quiet. Every ward party, I avoid. I don't want to be it. That's not edifying for me. I don't enjoy that. It's taken me a while to discover myself over time, but now I know how to build my own greenhouse. Now I know what my greenhouse needs to be like. So here's what's supposed to happen. Because we are living, breathing organisms, we are going to change. We're going to change situationally. We're going to change on Fridays and Mondays, different um, attitudes. In order for human beings to have healthy relationships with each other, they observe that the other person is different on Mondays than they are on Fridays. And that's part of the greenhouse that gets built. And you need to know that you're different on Sundays. I... I can really get into uh, to manual labor and work projects sometimes, and then other days I abhor it. You'll find me working in my yard for 12 hours straight one day, and then I'll just like, I'm not touching it for three weeks, okay? I just, and if someone asks me, do you like yard work? On those, no, no, I hate yard work. And then on another day, man, I can hardly wait to get out in the yard. I want to do this with the trees. I want to do this with the bushes. I want to do this with this. And they're like, so um, some people might say, do you have like psychological bipolar or something like that? And I says, maybe. So if you want to be in a relationship with me, you're going to have to tolerate my craziness. So no, you don't, you don't want to kill any part of your person that is valuable to you. And if anyone's going to be in a relationship with you, they got to be able to ebb and flow with that. Now, if a relationship starts to grow and, and both people are anxiously engaged in making it work, you're rooms are going to bump a little bit from time to time where you trip him and he or he trips you there's always going to be like sorry i tripped sorry i messed up your space sorry i didn't i wasn't conscious there but it's still an edifying response to those mistakes okay there's no like well you're different today than you were yesterday so what the heck let me talk about men don't need greenhouses the way i teach it it is true that men do not need greenhouses for a celestial relationship to function at its best, the teamwork between a man and a woman, and this I think I'll pull in the other question, um, are we, should we be building our own greenhouse or is the husband involved in the process? And what would it look like for a man to share if he understood what a greenhouse looks like? To ex answer these questions, I need to step back and give a more global concept. If you are stuck in the independent phase of development and living because the person you're in a relationship with is not ready to join you into the celestial world. We can do a lot of good and a lot of um, excellent things can happen without a celestial relationship. God prepared a world for us with the understanding that most relationships would not achieve celestialness, whether it's lack of information, lack of motivation, whatever, for whatever reason. 
most marriages that have existed on this planet would not be classified as celestial marriages. They're cohabitation, they're just tolerance marriages, because both people don't know of the possibility of a celestial dynamic, or both people are not adequately motivated. So we're going to proceed as if there is information, motivation, etc. as I teach this. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f- when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.